Welcome to Bursting the Bubble, the podcast from Houghton College, where each week we share a devotional thought, we think bravely and truthfully about interesting things, and we give you a flavor of this beautiful, fascinating place that we call Houghton. I'm Michael Jordan. And I'm J.L. Miller. And this week, we're focusing on science and scripture with our guest, Dr. Ken Shank. But first, Mike will lead out with the devotional thought for this episode. Fifteen or so years ago, Jill and I happened to be visiting her family on the weekend of an Eagles playoff game. I'm an Eagles fan, in case you didn't know. At that time, her family did not have cable TV, so it was no sure thing that we could watch it at her home. So I decided to take in the game at a local restaurant. I sat at the bar, and I heard quite an animated conversation going on behind me at a table. A husband and wife were fighting. Their clothes, their way of talking... Their choice of beverages were all very different from mine. Truth be told, I felt a little superior in the moment. But then the husband spoke once more, and the words stick with me still. And I got up early in the morning and drove down to the store, and I got all those cigarettes for you, and you didn't even say thank you. At that moment, all barriers between the man and I had broken down. How many times had Jill and I had similar arguments, not about cigarettes, mind you, but this couple's (laughs) argument was just a version of an argument all married people have. I don't feel seen. I've tried to help you, and you haven't been grateful. You haven't even acknowledged my effort. And it's not just married people. All communities experience this. Who among us has not felt like we've given our best, and it's been wasted effort? Thomas Oden said, The feelings that seem to me most private, most personal, and therefore the feelings I least expect to be understood by others. When clearly expressed, those feelings resonate deeply and consistently with their own experience. When I don't feel seen, when I feel others have been ungrateful, these seem like hopelessly complicated things to express, and they cause me a depth of personal pain that I feel like I can never express or never unravel, and yet we've all experienced it. This man and I seem to be so different, but he and I felt the same feelings sometimes with different particulars. We all do. Odin is saying that the fears and the personal pain which so often isolate us could bring us together because we're all feeling it. And yet we make such an effort to hide our pain from others and we shield ourselves from others' pain. This is why hospitality is so important. In a shared space where we feed and care for each other's bodies, we begin to discover the commonalities that make sharing this pain possible, and they help knit us together into a community deeper than nostalgia or shared demographics. Well, we're glad to have this morning the Dr. Ken Shank. Uh, Neither J.L. nor I is a lifer Wesleyan, and uh, that's neither good nor bad, J.L., it just (laughs) is, right? I grew up in the American Baptist churches, and JL, your story, I, you? Yeah, uh, some mainline Presbyterian churches, early childhood, and then adolescence at a non-denominational Bible church. Right, and then UM ministry for a while. Right, so, and then in the UM church yeah. for ministry, yeah. But both JL and I, I mean, we really like the Wesleyan church, and both of us really value serving the Wesleyan church, this right. particular church that we're part of. And I, I feel like denominational Christian colleges just make more sense than a school that are broadly Christian but doesn't really have a real connection. So I love the accountability. I love the relationships. I love the sense that what we're doing here fits a particular group of people. We we train ministers. We educate lay people. 
We practice scholarship that helps the church and its mission in the world. So all this to say, JL, sorry, that was a lot. A lot. But, <laughs> but as we, JL and I are coming into the Wesleyan world, one of the people that we were very impressed with as we came into the Wesleyan world was our guest this morning, Dr. Ken Schenk. So Ken is a New Testament scholar who got his undergraduate degree from Southern Wesleyan and then went to Asbury Seminary for an MDiv, then the University of Kentucky for an MA, and then the University of Durham in England for his PhD. Uh, he now works at Houghton, but before uh, being here, he was the Dean and Professor of New Testament at Wesley Seminary at Indiana Wesleyan University, and he taught at the undergraduate level at uh, IWU for years before that. He is the author of more than 30 books, many, many articles. He maintains a robust online presence, too. <laughs> and uh, this August, he moved to Houghton, where he now works with us here as the Vice President for Planning and Innovation. So beyond all of your gifts and your work, we are thrilled to have you with us at Houghton, Ken, because you care so much about the work of the gospel. And um, I've always sensed in you a kindred spirit for how the academy can help the church and how the academy can help the whole world grow closer to God, uh, who wants us to be transformed into his image. And uh, uh, since you've moved here to Houghton, I've not been disappointed. I've been pleased to see uh, just uh, how you are in person and how it resembles who you've been online and the few times I've met you at conferences. Uh, provocative, yet warm and winsome dedicated to people, um, but also not content to leave people where they are, helping people make the changes they need to follow God more closely. So we're glad to have Ken Shank here with us today. Welcome, Ken. Wonderful to be here. There may be some who consider me a black sheep in the Wesleyan family. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> well, we're glad you're our black sheep here at Houghton. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, Ken, there's so many things we could talk about having you here. Um, and indeed, we plan to have you back again from time to time to talk about some of the other things. But, but as Mike and I were considering having you on for the first time uh, with the podcast, we wanted to focus on one of the things that you have been working on since coming to Houghton, and that is you taught an online course called Science and Scripture, or the focus was on Science and Scripture. So we thought today it would be neat to kind of focus on the topic of science and scripture. Before we jump into the nitty-gritty of the topic, uh, let's hear about your thoughts of moving to Western New York. Um, uh, yes. What's to love about this part of the world from the outsider's perspective? Uh, what's different and surprised you? Well, I, I've been surprised at um, a lot of things. I, d I don't know that Houghton uh, intended to keep them secret, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but there are just so many spectacular things about uh, Houghton and its uh, environment um, I've said some of this. Uh, there is a Houghton blog, by the way. Um, uh, one of my um, early uh, contributions was a piece on things that surprised me here, things I didn't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I know that there are deer on other uh, Wesleyan campuses <laughs> occasionally, uh, but um, I was surprised to find a deer in, in, in the parking spot I was headed toward <laughs> uh -huh. um, one morning. Yeah. Uh, I, when I have walked to work, uh, especially at the end of the, or the beginning of the fall, uh, there would be a three or four deer in the pathway. Mm -hmm. um, I tried to make friends with them by uh, by singing as the deer panted yeah. toward the waters, but they, they didn't seem to want my singing. But um, there's a particle, a mini particle accelerator here. There's a London mm -hmm. Honors. Students are getting ready to go to London for the spring semester. Yeah. Uh, you all, there's morning prayer yeah. uh, every that's, morning that's and true. communion yeah. uh, every day. Emmanuel Scholars, a spiritual formation. There are just so many things um, that I, I just don't think um, um, the, the people here at Houghton thought to tell the rest of us you know, <laughs> that, that such wonderful things existed. Uh, you know, uh, Ken, I appreciate Mike and I leading, sharing back and forth, leading morning prayer, mostly Mike, but you've, you've 
really jumped in and come and shown up early in the morning and the student body has seen you there for morning prayer. But it cracks me up that if I get up and I see that you sent me an email around re, around 3.30 in the morning, I don't expect you to be at morning <laughs> prayer. <laughs> Funny how it works that way. Yeah. Right, right, right. But, yeah. but if, if the emails stop, you know, a little earlier in the evening, you, yeah. you manage to make it by 7.30 and that's good. Well, uh, getting back to this course in science and scripture that you offered, uh, this is a really challenging topic. It has been for a long time. Um, we are, you know, just wrapping up kind of the Christmas season, and that's just a reminder. This is a contentious topic. Even even certain simple aspects of uh, the virgin birth, simple in the sense of we take it for granted, we celebrate it, but there's people that are happy to debate the validity of of the very facts of Christmas. So why did you decide when you show up to Houghton to start with such a complicated topic. Um, what seems so important right now about this topic to you? Well, one of the, one of the things that attracted me um, uh, to come to Houghton when Dr. Mullen talked to me about the possibility was um, uh, there's, there's uh, uh, kind of a space to innovate uh, here uh, that I thrive on. Anybody who knows me for very long knows that I just love dreaming up things. And um, uh, one of the, uh, shameless plug, I mean, one of the things that we're <laughs> Uh, a hypothesis we have is that there are people who are interested in really um, advanced topics uh, like this and uh, creating kind of courses that you can sit in on by auditing an online class. As far as I know, that's kind of a new concept. Um, and, and so when I was trying to think of, okay, what would be a really exciting topic uh, that might uh, generate some interest um, of course, I've I've done Bible type things before. Um, <laughs> you know a little but, bit about it. You know, that, yeah. people people aren't interested in the Bible. <laughs> Actually, people are inter- people are interested in the Bible. But I thought maybe maybe there would be um, some people out there uh, who would be interested in uh, talking through some of the issues of science and scripture. And and there was a lot of uh, initial buzz, you know, when when I floated that out there. Um, we've we've talked interestingly enough, uh, and you didn't know this when you formulated that question. We did have a brief. Um, a few moments talking about the virgin birth in a week, uh, a week in which the subject was Adam, Eve, and genetics. Okay. Um, we were talking about some of the things that Francis Collins, in the language of God, has mm-hmm. come has uh, uh, put out. Some some things that I've found deeply challenging um, as I, as I try to integrate my faith with. Uh, with what seems to be going on in the in the scientific world, but we did talk about the virgin birth, and I I basically made the claim I think this is true that since Jesus was a hundred percent human and a hundred percent God, um, God basically made up the Y chromosome um, uh, for Jesus, hmm. but it was a Y chromosome, right? Right. Um, yeah. It was a human, a fully mm-hmm. human chromosome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a mirac- It's a miracle. Right. And one of the, of course, one of the early things we discussed in the first week in this course is the fact that a lot of uh, scientists like Richard Dawkins are what we might say reductionistic. That is, they just reject out of hand anything like a, a miracle, um, which is interesting because you can't, you can't argue that that miracles don't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, David Hume, these people simply said, well, obviously miracles don't happen, but they had no argument for it. They just said, well, of course, miracles can't happen. Um, but once you accept that miracles can happen, it changes the entire conversation, um, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. A couple of years ago, we had, a, uh, we have 
annually the Wolsey lectures on campus, which are on theology and culture. And so Craig Keener and Maydean came, and Craig, uh, the Wolsey lecture was unlike any Wolsey lecture I've ever been to, JL, and that <laughs> yeah. was, it was entirely him telling stories of miracles, uh, uh, mostly from Africa, mm-hmm. uh, and then just talking about how these miracles had been uh, proven or kind of evidence for them, you know, and it, it was really, uh, really interesting. Ken, just a brief aside, any... Any kind of books that you found helpful in thinking that question through, like how, how we can, um, like why why we'd why we could believe that miracles are a thing that could happen, like like what's what's of course, helpful? Of course, C.S. Lewis had his sure. his well known book uh, mm-hmm. Miracles. Craig Keener uh, mm-hmm. is an interesting person because he's a he's a he has his full credentials as a New Testament scholar, mm-hmm. well known, well published, and yet uh, would believe that people could be raised from the dead. Right, right. Yeah. Boy, I got into big trouble, you know, on YouTube uh, <laughs> uh, for uh, I think it was a video I did on the philosophy of history. Yeah. Um, someone said, "Well, I'm just completely not." I, I stopped listening to this video when you said that you believed that somebody could be raised from the dead. Wow. But I mean, this is an assumption, really. Right. Right. Can we look forward to the day when you get in trouble on our podcast? Yeah. It's not, <laughs> but it's not just YouTube. We want you to be in trouble here in this space. We're looking I, forward to it. I think a statement uh, both of our wives hope we don't have to say is the day we got in trouble on YouTube. <laughs> that's, right. That's, right. That's, right. that's right. We'll that's let right. you take that. There, there are a lot of uh, uh, Greeks who don't like my pronunciation as well. I'm sure that's true. I'm sure that's true. Well, yes, you, yes. you touched a little bit on it, Ken, but what are some of the other topics you covered in the course? Well, uh, Really, to me, of course, I find this stuff exciting. We had a week on uh, quantum indeterminacy, you know, which as a Wesleyan works just fine for me. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> you know, if you're a determinist or a mm-hmm. hyper-Calvinist, you know, it's mm-hmm. a, that's a troubling thing, mm-hmm. the idea mm-hmm. that, that really the future isn't right. as predictable as, uh, mm-hmm. uh, say, uh, Calvin and Hobbes thought in the <laughs> 1600s. Right, right. Yeah. Um, we had a week on, um, as I said, Adam and Eve genetics. We had a week on the Big Bang. Mm-hmm. which, um, and I find this curious, there are a lot of Christians who think that the Big Bang is evil, and I think they think that because it's associated with uh, atheists. But the idea that the world began with a bang, right. whether it was 6,000 years ago or, mm-hmm. or, or a lot longer, is not intrinsically unchristian at all. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because isn't what we say when we say, in the beginning God created the earth, right. aren't we saying, in the beginning God said, bang. Right, yeah. Um, and there so, light and there was. Yeah, and there, there's so yeah. many aspects of mm-hmm. of it that, that actually w- fall into all the classical arguments for the existence of God. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing comes from nothing, nothing right, ever right. could, therefore yeah. there must be a God, right. you know. Right, right, um, right. So the idea that the world had a beginning is intrinsically helpful, I think. I could go on, but I mean, do yeah. you want to? I appreciate in? the sound of music reference too. That was—I <laughs> don't think we've had the sound of music yet referenced on the podcast. So another another first today, Ken. Thank you. <laughs> so Ken, I think one of the one of the strengths you probably brought to the course was your experience as a biblical scholar, um, and I think you know, as as Wesleyans, we we have a certain priority in in Scripture, as you talk about Wesley's quadrilateral, as you talk about the supremacy of Scripture. Um, but when you came to approaching the topic of science and scripture, how would you boil down that approach for you? What's a, what's a sentence or two to, to summarize kind of that balance between those two? Well, obviously, as a Wesleyan, as a Wesleyan minister, as a Houghton uh, employee, uh, I believe in the inspiration of scripture. I believe in the inerrancy of scripture. And, but what I've found over the years is, that in these sorts of debates, there's a tendency to assume that we know what the Bible says mm-hmm. and that... Um, that the problem is with what science says. But um, one, one of the interesting things when I felt a call to ministry, 
and began to study the Bible um, on a more formal basis, realized that there's really a lot of uh, assumptions that is, are made on a, on a popular level as to what the Bible um, actually says. Okay. And so we, we read a book by uh, John Walton, uh, The mm -hmm. Lost uh, Story of Genesis 1. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't necessarily, I mean, he hasn't convinced me on everything. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, of course, there's no uh, requirement that, that um, the students in this class have to agree with John Walton or mm -hmm. Francis Collins. I don't agree with everything Francis Collins in the language of God says. Um, but uh, I think uh, what Walton, Walton has really helped me see, and I've been in this Bible business now for a long time, um, <laughs> and, and John Walton has really helped me see uh, so, some, I think, likely aspects to Genesis 1 that I, I hadn't ever huh. even thought of uh, before. So, like, because of Christian theology, when I read and God said it was good, I assume that's talking about a kind of moral perfection. But Walton has argued that in the, in the ancient Near East, that's kind of like, we're good. You know, it's working. <laughs> Everything's functioning. Oh, okay. um, those kinds of unexamined assumptions uh, that I had about uh, Genesis. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, of course, Walton believes that Adam and Eve are literal, mm -hmm. literal human beings, in case you were worried. Um, <laughs> um, so he has an incredibly interesting uh, take on that. In, in another one of his books, The Lost Story of Adam and Eve, he has a chapter uh, where N.T. Wright has contributed to it. Um, just very fascinating possibilities. Again, I don't know if they're right, but it suggests to me that, that uh, there can be a dialogue between the interpretation of Scripture and the current uh, thinking of science in, in a way that a lot of people are completely closed off to, I would mm. say. It's mm. interesting. It's really That's helpful. Good. So kind of just riffing on that a little bit, um, we, we might have listeners very engaged in a local church or even even leaders in the church. Um, sometimes the local church is a hard place to have the conversations around faith and science because, or science and scripture because, um, well, in the academy we can have these types of things because we have scientists sure. around us. We're yeah. thinking about what we're talking about. What would you recommend to a, a local church leader that wants to, whether it's a book or a type of discussion, or what, what would you recommend to the, the local church leader, pastor, who says, I really want to try and expand thinking about this in my church? I think, I think Walton's books are, uh, are nice uh, because he, uh, of course, he's also an inerrantist, also believes that Scripture is inspired, believes in the historic Adam and Eve. Um, and so um, I think, I think uh, his books on the lost world of, of Adam and Eve or the lost world of Genesis 1 are, are great places to, to start. Um, Francis Collins' The Language of God um, is a classic, even though it's you know mm -hmm. only, what, 15 years old or yes. less. Um, Collins is, uh, I think, this is just my opinion, um, uh, still a little, a little, uh, he, he is so hesitant to, to say uh, that was, that gap there uh, is God. Mm -hmm. He's so hesitant to say that, that I think he, he underplays the possibility of miracles even within his own hmm. uh, position. He obviously believes that God was the creator, mm -hmm. um, but I think uh, I think uh, sometimes he uh, he would he would of course hate to hear this. Are you listening, uh, Francis <laughs> Collins? Um, but sometimes he reminds me a little of Dawkins in the way he. I think he he's he's still not quite as open to um, the miraculous mm. in history 
um, as I would as I would like him to be. So uh, still, I know Wesleyans. I could name you. Uh, you're probably listening to this podcast. Uh, who who really really like Francis Collins' book, and it is a classic, and and I, I would recommend it. But I think maybe second, mm-hmm. after you've maybe delved into Walton a little bit. Right. And of course, there's a host of of books out there on the subject. Great. Mm-hmm. Well, really appreciate you delving a bit into a huge topic, but talking about a little bit about the course delivery. This is kind of exciting because you, since getting here, jumped in, created this course, delivered it online. And one of the things that was pretty innovative about the format was you you created a pricing structure that allowed a variety of auditors to get involved. And uh, Mike and I know that living in town here, there are alum or people in the area that sometimes will audit classes to sit in and take oh, advantage yeah. of things, right? Oh, yeah. I had a, in my spiritual formation class, I've taught several times, and I think three separate times we've had alums, including one who was 87 when she took the class, <laughs> and it was really helpful to have someone with that kind of experience. So, but, but now we live in the day and age where these class offerings don't exclusively tie people to the brick and mortar here on campus, and so we've got alum or people who love Houghton kind of listening here or all over the world who might be interested in other classes that you have coming up. So tell us a little bit about this deal about the auditing and other classes you've got in the pipeline, now that they're so convinced they need to take the Ken Shank class. Well, um, online education has really uh, evolved, eh, eh, um, <laughs> over the last 20 years. Um, uh, when when it when they first came out, uh, the bandwidth was such that this is heavily typed, and it was like writing a book. You know, mm-hmm. type, 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 type. Um, I think of uh, Peter in Acts 15. We even we haven't been able to handle this burden. Right. Um, but the the bandwidth and and uh, technologies like Zoom conferencing uh, have have come to where we can actually have live uh, sessions mm-hmm. where people can contribute and talk, and mm-hmm. it it doesn't constantly die, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, these are pretty pretty easy to do. And, and anybody who's done it, they, they, you don't have to have a, any kind of advanced degree to, to get online. It's just, you just click on the link. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, we do record these sessions uh, in case someone can't come. So our, our claim that you don't have to show up at a particular time is still true. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, so there are live sessions. This makes it possible to audit. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is a fantastic concept. Uh-huh. And um, I hope that we can, I mean, I, I have this dream to bring back these these renowned heroes of Houghton from of old, you know, um, to record, um, mm. you know, some of their, uh, you know, oh, I remember that lecture, um, so that uh, people can come back for oh, again and again for these sorts of things. I thought you were referring to people who have died. And so like, <laughs> yes, we, we have new technology. The dead, and I was like, we wow, have new technology at Houghton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll be bringing Willard Houghton back. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Great. I'm sure he'd be curious about what we've done with the place. <laughs> and what a great podcast guest. Yeah. Yeah. Another time. Sorry, Ken, to interrupt. Yes. Um, this course is on the pipeline. Well, um, we have put um, an associate of... Uh, applied Science and Christian Ministries online. So you can hear mm-hmm. um, our own Michael Jordan mm-hmm. uh, this year. Uh, Intro to Christian Ministry starts in March. He's yep. doing spiritual formation in August. Um, and uh, so there are a number of those courses uh, that Church History with Christine, Christina LaSalle Peterson in summer two, which is mm-hmm. July. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, any of those courses can be sat in on. We're trying to um, uh, maybe uh, uh, hit lifelong learners. 
Um, I don't know that many of you are interested in Latin, uh, but I'm yeah. going to do uh, kind of Latin for today uh, in March. In case any of you still don't know what quid pro quo means, we'll make sure you know what <laughs> that right. phrase means um, in, in a March class. So uh, there's some political ones. Um, Peter Mylander does a course where, for, for, for a classical homeschool audience. We're calling it the American Founding, oh, cool. uh, but it's really an introduction to the American political system, mm. uh, although I don't think he's doing the live uh, Zoom session. Oh, okay. But... Um, uh, these are some of the options, and if you have an idea, we will be glad to uh, uh, to think about it. Mm -hmm. Great, and just while we're on that topic, if somebody's listening and they're really excited, it's New Year's, and all they want for their New Year's resolution is uh, to, to, to learn Latin, <laughs> How who do they contact? Well, I think, uh, well, certainly you can contact me, ken.schenck at houghton.edu, uh, but, um, uh, okay, brain, don't fail me now. Um, Bill Lawson. It's Bill Lawson. Bill.Lawson at Houghton.edu. He handles our online admissions. Just to conclude the interview, though, Ken, uh, we really appreciate you being here, and it's a lot of fun having you on Houghton's campus. Any, uh, any concluding insights that you would love to share about things that uh, you've come to love about Houghton or things that, you know, as an outsider, you've freshly seen in addition to the deer? <laughs> well, I would say that, you know, if you, if you have uh, youth in your church uh, or uh, children of your own who are coming up to uh, college age, uh, you should put Houghton on your visit schedule. I think once, once you're here, this is just a spectacular uh, kind of, it's a spectacular campus. Um, there's kind of a Scottish Highlander theme mm -hmm. uh, going on here. And so think, I want to go to Hogwarts. Houghton's yeah. your place, right, or right. Game of Thrones, you know, if you're some of the free, <laughs> wow. free folk from the north, you know, uh, the, the, we're here north of the wall. Um, this is just a great place. That might not be the next marketing, <laughs> but, but no, it's, it's, good. it's, it's said with such passion. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's good. Well, again, uh, you know, but thanks for being here, and I think, I think you, have, uh, you have brought a lot of gifts to this place, and you have also helped us realize some of the good things that we have going on here mm -hmm. in a way that's very helpful. So we look forward to having you again on future uh, episodes. Um, just to jump again into our uh, calendar highlights for the week, we are still in Christmas break, um, which is good. We need this, this recoup and refresh, but the campus is starting to come alive in different ways. Uh, we do have some athletic events happening this week with basketball playing on Saturday. And with the students gone, if you're listening locally, try and come out because uh, the Highlander Nation needs its support. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to be nothing but the chirps of sneakers across the court for yeah. that day. Uh, yeah. yep. uh, we also regularly on weekends throughout the winter, winter host uh, section six and section five uh, high school track meets in our large indoor athletic facility, the Kerr Pogula Athletic Complex. Um, and it's a great time, but we just pray for safety for all the high schoolers traveling down here and competing that weekend. As always, uh, we just close by reaching out to you to pray for and support the work of Houghton. Houghton is not me, it's not JL. It's not any one professor, uh, it's a community of people that have been touched by this place and the people in it and have changed as a result. So if you value the work of Houghton, we want you to find a way to pitch in and help what we're doing here. Pray for us, send us your students, share your ideas with us, and let's work together to be a witness to the world about what a healthy Christian learning community can look like. In addition, just a reminder that we wanna pray for you. 
when classes get back into session, each morning at 7.30, we gather for morning prayer. At 3.45, we have communion every day. And during that time, we want to pray for the Houghton community, not just those who are gathered, but for those around the world. So that's you. If you're an alum, if you are a student, a family member, if you're just listening to this podcast randomly, we uh, would be glad to pray for you and lift up your concerns to God. So we invite you to contact us at podcast at houghton.edu and let us know how we can pray for you. And we will do that as we gather together in the Payne Prayer Chapel. Uh, which is down here in the basement of Wesley Chapel. And so we'll close with the benediction we do each morning. We will send you out with the same blessing. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. You have been listening to Bursting the Bubble, the podcast of Houghton College. For questions or comments on this program, email podcast at houghton.edu. Bursting the Bubble is a production of Houghton College. For more information about Houghton College, visit www.houghton.edu.